everyone. Good evening, good evening, and welcome back to another Porsche Cooled podcast, uh, the podcast where we talk about all things Porsche. Today, we've got a Porsche owner stories again, uh, and we have a really special guest. We have James here from Auto Amateur. Um, if you don't know who James is, is from Auto Amateur, well, you should check out his YouTube channel. Uh, I will do a proper intro in a second, and we'll get James on the line and start talking about, uh, about his passion. Uh, but if there's one for person who's heavily immersed in, in, in Porsches, it's James. He's, uh, he's owned uh, three generations of, of 911s. Uh, one generation, he's even owned two of, uh, of that same generation. So he's got a lot to talk about. I'm not going to do a huge intro. Uh, this is the Porsche Cool Stories. This is number two. And let's get James on, James on the line uh, on Zoom. James is in, James is in the Twin Cities. Uh, I think James is in Minneapolis. I should know this, shouldn't I? Um, I'm going to ask him. I always forget. Minnesota, Minneapolis, Twin Cities. Uh, let me get James on the line on Zoom and we'll, um, we'll start talking all things Porsche. Okay, welcome back, everyone. Um, so we're doing this by Zoom again. Like I said, we've got James uh, all the way from uh, Minneapolis. Minneapolis, Minneapolis in the USA. Uh, just a little bit about James before we uh, start chatting. Um, James is auto amateur. Uh, James has a YouTube channel. He has a podcast. He writes for Total 911 magazine. He really is uh, the Porsche dream. He's, he's, you know, if you want to get in, in, engrossed in Porsche, then James is the person to talk to because he's got lots of stories. Uh, and that's what this episode is all about. Uh, every, uh, every Porsche tells a different story uh, and each owner has a story to tell. And that's what uh, the Porsche Cooled stories, the Porsche Cooled podcast stories are all about. Um, so like I said, James is coming. Uh, James is an Englishman. He used to be an Englishman in New York, I think, and now he's an Englishman in Minneapolis. Right. Um, good evening, James. Good evening. Thanks for having me on, Michael. I'm really, uh, really flattered. And, and, you know, now you put me on the spot because that was a great introduction. Was it? <laughs> I always stutter and stumble, but that's part of the fun of it, James. I love um, it. It's awesome. Thank you for having me on. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're here because as uh, I was thinking about this podcast before you, you came online and I was thinking, you know, James has got so much to tell. How am I going to fit it all into one hour or less than an hour? I wasn't sure how much time you had, but you said you've got about an hour. So um, there's a lot to talk about. Um, but I just give I always say these podcasts in, in, in general in the podcast, people uh, don't assume that people know who you are. Um, so I thought the best way to start it and I could do it, but I think it's probably best if you do uh, sure. an introduction to your to who you are and what, what you're doing and um, what Porsches you own at the moment. Well, uh, so yeah, my name is James. I'm from Liverpool, England originally. I've been in the US on and off for about 15 years, but uh, full-time for about 10 now. I met my uh, my wife, Ruthie, in New York City. I was doing a job there and uh, she is a, an actress. So she was acting, singing, dancing, working out there, living the, you know, the Broadway dream. Uh, Porsche has always been a passion of mine. You know, from as, as far back as I can remember, whether it was seeing, you know, the occasional 911 driving around Merseyside or um, movies like, uh, I don't know what, uh, Bad Boys, you know, Will oh, Smith yeah. with this beautiful yeah. black turbo. I mean, seeing that rock up at the beginning of the movie, yep. I was like, that's, that's what I want. Yeah, the one we all, the one we all wanted, that's for sure. <laughs> right. So uh, it, it's always been a dream. Um, it wasn't until... I actually sat in a 911 in my late 30s. I'm now in my early 40s. So I've, I've only been as passionate about Porsches as I am now for the past sort of four or five years. Um, I'm a big guy. You know, I'm six foot six, six foot mm. seven almost. Yeah. Um, I'm well built is the polite way to say it. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
I, I was just terrified. You know, this car, this thing that I, I always wanted to have, always wanted to enjoy. What if I sit in it and I won't be able to fit in it? You know, it's like the, the dream is just shattered. Um, my wife eventually pushed me into it and said, look, you talk about 9-11s all the time. We're now living in Minneapolis instead of New York. You want a car, why not get a Porsche? And this just happened to be, coincidentally, about two months before we found out my wife was pregnant with our first oh, son, okay. Luke. <laughs> <laughs> so I think if this if this conversation had happened a couple of months later and she had been pregnant, no way would I have been <laughs> yeah, <laughs> driving yeah, true. around. That, that wouldn't happen. That wouldn't happen. Yeah. Um, but in five years, I've had four 9-11s. Yeah, and I think that's 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 a great story for everyone because uh, some people haven't even owned one nine eleven, and I, I'm guessing you get messages like me through YouTube and through Instagram of people wanting to buy nine eleven and asking for advice, um, and I think that's what you know. I think if you haven't been to James's channel, if you haven't been to Auto Amateur, you should check it out because honestly, over the past I think it's three years, James, is it? Yeah, going on four now actually. Yeah, Go, yeah. So f for the last four years, James has really, really been giving uh, everyone a glimpse into his into his Porsche journey and he is like I said he's fully emerged in it there's a lot of videos there uh James is much handier than, than what I am I don't work on my car but James is uh James is very good at it um and people enjoy those videos you can see that by the views and by the subscribers um and like I said James as he mentioned just briefly then he's owned three 911s three generations right James um yeah so 996 Actually, 997 991 yeah. Which yeah, is and now at and now a nine nine six again. Yeah, not trying to show off, but you have owned three generate and another nine nine six. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'm not. I don't think it would be showing off. I think it's just demonstrating the slight screw that I've got loose. <laughs> I actually. Um, I mean, I guess we're getting into the background and whatever like that. But I, I watched one of your videos uh, yesterday. Actually, I watched uh, one of your very early videos, and it was. I think it was titled "How to Choose Your." How to Choose Your Porsche. I think it was your second video or third video. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's right. And uh, that was the first 911 you bought, which was um, a Carrera 4. Is that correct? Do you want to tell everyone about that, that car, the first car, and why you bought that 996? Was there, was there a reason why you chose a 996, or was it an impulse buy? Or uh, I think primarily it was an impulse buy, and the only sort of parameters I put around the purchase was the budget, frankly. Um, you know, at that point in time, the 911 to me was just a 911. I didn't know the ins and outs. I, I knew that something had happened around the time of the 996 coming out and there was a style change and there was a, a change to the production process and there was a major transformation of the engine. And, and I was aware of the, the difference between the air-cooled and the water-cooled cars. But, you know, there being two generations of 996 or two, you know, sub generations I, well, you know what i mean and yeah, 996 yeah. first and second generation yeah 2997s and so on i just looked for a car that i could afford with the right kind of mileage and the color i liked and i found one in california and i happened to be doing the job out there at the time so after my wife pushed me to uh sit in a dealership 911 which was a seal gray first generation 991 which at the time had only just been released i think Right. Maybe it was a couple of years into the process, you know, into the into the generation. Um, but here, here, here was the seal grey 911, just like the one I set in the dealership as far as I was concerned. I showed up. It was in my, my price range. I was going to be there for a couple of days. I took it for a test drive, ended up buying it. And instead of flying home, I drove home. <laughs> That's a good idea. 
<laughs> it was fantastic. Fun. Yeah. Oh, road, road trip of my life, actually. And not to say that it's been downhill since day one, but driving back through California, Nevada, the desert, the mountains of Utah, Wyoming. Oh, my goodness. It was incredible. What a great drive. Yeah, really fantastic. What a great drive. So that was the first one, right? So you had the Carrera 4, Seal Grey, uh, Cabriolet, right? That's right, yes. And Cabriolet I, with a hardtop, but you had the hardtop version. Yeah, or hardtop option. That's right. It came with a hardtop. And I like that because at the time I thought, well, maybe I'll like a Cabriolet. I do like the coupe. You know, this gives me the best of both worlds. It was awful, frankly. I really? don't think, oh, yeah, it was awful. Really? I, Oh, I, I will. First off, I'll never own a cabriolet ever again. Even if I was going to, uh, you know, I was going to ask you that question because in, I think the podcast last week, I was talking to Steve about it, and uh, I know Nick in the UK laughed at me when I said it was coming back. But I think cabriolets are coming back. I think cabriolets have been underrated, and I think people are starting to. It's starting the trend of cabriolets starting, and the reason why I think this, James, is because the Porsche Museum, and I don't know whether you saw that photo. It has a silver. Mm-hmm. 996 Cabriolet with the hard top, similar to what you you owned, with a roof racks on the roof and a surfboard. And that was on display in the Porsche Museum. And it's a new display, I think. Uh. So I think I think Porsche are onto it. I think this this Cabriolet thing, maybe you're before your time, you're ahead of your time. It's happening. Oh, I don't know. I, I think I think there have been too many cabs <laughs> produced. <laughs> and too many people driving around in them. I mean, all right, the, the idea of a, of a convertible sports car, that sounds like the luxury of living the dream. Practically, it is such a pain in the ass. Yeah. Especially yeah. with the hard top. I, I think I tried to remove that myself once or twice. The first time I did it, I nearly like killed myself. The second time I did it, I scraped up the back of my car. So at that point, if I ever wanted to take the hard top off, I needed my wife or someone to help me do it. So I just left it on. That's, that's a funny thing, though, because when you see those 996s for sale with the hardtop in the ads, they've got them on the stand and they've got the wheels on the stand and it's a custom stand for that top. And it looks so light and it looks so easy. You just put your top on when you need it and take it off. But no. I watched that video of yours and you were saying that it was you couldn't actually take the top off by yourself. Forget it. And, and also, I mean, the, you know, the, we, we talk in the US about the need for a trillion dollar investment in the infrastructure, and that's probably underestimating what's required to fix the roads and the bridges. In the state of Minnesota, we have some pretty beautiful roads and we have some terrible roads. And when you drive around in a car like a 911 for even just a couple of months, you start picking up the squeaks. And when you've got a hard top, which is screwed into place just in two places, that thing was rattling and squeaking all the time. I just, I ended up hating it. So not only did you buy a Cabriolet as your first Um, 911, you bought a four-wheel drive 911 and you bought an automatic 911. I did. Now, was that the decision? I mean, I don't know how... Did you own that car for a year or less than a year? I had that car um, for just over a year. I think I picked it up as the snow was retreating in uh, like the March or the the April time. And then I sold it the following year in the September. And then you bought after the 996? My 997. My the black. 997. Oh, Michael, I miss that 997 so much. It was a black, jet black metallic... 2006 first generation 997 manual with the the sand beige interior which isn't to everyone's taste but to me the sand beige against the black yeah oh it was gorgeous it was so nice and i do miss that car i have to say i'm getting used to the sand beige the beige interiors being in the middle east because a lot of uh, 911s oh, yeah. a lot of a lot of cars there have the beige with the black or the beige with the red mm-hmm. um but I, I think it's a good you know it works well it works well especially in um 
in the 997, in the old air cools, the tan interior is, is pretty special. Yeah. Um, so when you bought that car, you must have noticed um, a huge difference in the driving experience, right, from the cab, from the weight in the back of the cab and the four-wheel oh, yeah. drive of the cab to the 997. It must have felt like a completely different car. It did. It really did. The, um, even though, you know, generally speaking, the, the 996 and the 997 are very similar, almost identical cars in many ways, at least the first generation 997 and the second generation 996. Um, the second generation 996 still had that sort of very raw, metallic kind of analog feel. You know, I felt every single bump and imperfection in the road in a good way. Um, I could feel the sort of hydraulics working and the, and the, and the, the mechanisms working as you turn the wheel and, and the wheels turn as well. The 997, I still had that kind of analog feel, but... Um, I think the transmission was smooth, smoother. Having owned that Tiptronic automatic transmission, I, mean, I didn't like it at the time. And then I switched to manual, and now I'm in the PDK. I would never go near another Tiptronic transmission again right. in a 911. Just, just poor. It, I just wasn't very good at all. Um, but yeah, I felt like I felt like the the 997 somehow felt lighter, slicker, easier to drive more exciting and i felt like i could do something stupid in a two-wheel rear-wheel drive as opposed to a four-wheel drive yeah 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 i mean it was a great car i mean you did some great things to it you really did i mean i always enjoyed those videos probably because i have the 997 as well and still do um and that's where we connected i guess when you when you had your 997 around that time i think that's when we first started chatting which is quite a few years ago now yeah yeah yeah. i I think you got your 997 a couple of months before i did maybe because i was watching your journey and I was thinking, wow, I like that car. Yeah, I got mine in beginning of 2017. And I think you bought yours in 2017, didn't you? In the summer, yeah. So I, you had the sort of at least six months on me and maybe half a dozen videos or so. Right, right. And uh, right. the more I watched your videos, the more I started to get sort of itchy feet with my 996. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought, but then I you... like those headlights. I, I want the lobster claws. Yeah, yeah. But then you came back to the 996, which we'll get onto, which is another interesting twist, let's say, yes. twist in your story. So after yeah. the 997, um, you had, you know, you did many videos on your channel. You did many mods. Um, mm-hmm. The main mods you did, you put the body kit on, right? You did exhaust mods. I can't even remember half the things you did to that one. Yeah, I did. I, I went through this. Um, I went through the winter, essentially, of 2018, I think it was. 2017 to 2018, doing all of these mods. Um, we just had Luke, my my eldest, who's now three and a half, and uh, he, um, you know, he needed a lot of attention. The only time I could escape was into the garage. I didn't feel like I could leave the house. So yeah, one project after the other. I did the front aero kit, which was a factory component. I did a replica rear GT3 bumper or spoiler, sorry, you know, deck lid. Um, which is from Olivia Jacquemond, who's been designing Porsche body kit parts for about 25 years. Mm, that's right. Um, and that part was fantastic. You know, you see the Duraflex stuff on eBay and it's terrible. This part was almost like factory. It was fantastic. Um, had the Fista mufflers on um, after your recommendation. Yep. Love the and, Fista. Uh, I contacted uh, FD Motorsports and got to speak to Darren. And I was like, I want what Michael Bath's got. And he laughed. <laughs> Yeah, I spoke to him about that time when I got it installed. He was, he's a nice guy. He's a nice guy, Darren. 
Yeah, and he's helped me out with the Project 996. He he very kindly donated a set of mufflers to the project. Oh, really? Um, wow. In ex- in exchange for some videos and some you know promotional stuff. But uh, I, I you know I was talking him through my build budget and my vision for the car, and uh, he was like, you know, James, you've had these from me before. Um, a bunch of people have seen your videos and have come and bought mufflers from me. You know, I'd like to donate this and be part of the journey. Fantastic. Great. Fantastic. That. Yeah. Yeah. Really, yeah no, really I, nice guy. You probably still get it. And I still get it. I mean, a lot of the uh, people that contact me, um, they ask me about the Vistas. <laughs> it's the main thing. Are they yeah. any good? Should I get them? And most people do end up getting them. Uh, yeah. And they ask me about the lobster claws, the color of the lobster claws and who did those. That's probably yeah. the two. I guess that's the two things. And then the stripe is like the third thing. But most people, it's, it's really the sound and then the wheels are the two most yeah. important things. And I think yeah. when we buy a 911, I think you having owned, you know, four now um, and me only having owned one. But I think the first thing that you think about is the sound. You know what I mean? You think about the sound and you think about the wheels. That's kind of where you start, isn't it? That's the base. Especially when you have a mechanically sound 911. Um, yes. That's the base where you start because that makes the biggest impact to, you know, to your experience, I guess. Yeah, I would agree. And the, the only thing I might add to that from a purely shallow aesthetic sort of perspective is the the 911 silhouette to me is synonymous with the ultimate sports car. And that's another reason why I don't like the, the, the Cabriolet because the, yeah. certainly yeah. up until the 99, the second generation 991, it broke up the silhouette. It, you didn't quite get the proper silhouette. Yeah, the 964s, the 964s are a bit clunky. Um, there's a guy on Instagram in Thailand. Um, he's an architect, I think. It's called Corn Brown Houses. I don't know whether you've seen that Instagram. And he's got quite no. a lot of um, 911s. He's got quite a lot of cars, actually. And he just bought a white 964 Cabriolet. And for some reason in the photos, it looks pretty cool. But when you see a close-up of that, that back mechanism, it's yeah. very clunky and very chunky and it's not you know, it's not integrated. It's, it's, I don't know if I could live with that. I mean, it's good to see it in the picture, but then you see it closer up and you think, "Mm, I'm not so sure. And you can see the metal structure that supports it. And yeah, yeah, not, not nice, not nice. And and, and that was the same with the 996. And, and let's not forget like things like bird poop, which ruin the fabric. Yes. Even if you, even if you get to it pretty quickly. And so you then have a imperfection on top of the car, which you you really can't get rid of. But would you, would you, would you buy a target? Yes, I think I would. Um, assuming it was like a GTS with a bit more oomph. Uh, my friend Chris, who works at Porsche in Minneapolis, he's, uh, he had the second generation 991 Targa. Looked beautiful. The mechanism was phenomenal. Just the way that car works is just a miracle of engineering. It's, it's fantastic, but it's really heavy. It's very, and, very heavy, yeah. Yeah, and his C2 engine in there, even with the turbocharged second generation 991 engine, it really didn't do a lot for the driving experience. So if I was going to go Targa, I'd want some extra horsepower under the uh, under the deck lid. Yeah, I think when you see people review the Targa, I mean, I was watching, it was probably the smoking tire, I think, possibly the smoking tire, mm-hmm. Matt Farah. And he was saying, yeah. you know, for the extra money and the extra weight, really, if you want an open top experience, you should get the Cabriolet because the Cabriolet is probably, it's cheaper, it's lighter, the Targa is actually heavier, and it just he thought it just felt better on the road. Um, yeah. But that's that's the main thing with the Targa. I mean, it looks beautiful. The Targa is just so such a beautiful looking 911. I mean, I love the look of it. Um, yeah. It only comes in Carrera four though, doesn't it? I think in Australia it only uh, comes in it only comes in four wheel drive. It doesn't come in two wheel in Australia. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. Maybe that's I a can't traction say for sure. traction. I heard that. Yeah, traction weight thing or something. 
All right, so um, nine nine seven. That was that was a lot of stuff going on. Then you bought um, two years. You had the nine nine seven, I think, around about, and then uh-huh. you bought, and then you bought the nine nine one. Spur of the moment. One minute there's a nine nine seven in a video. The next minute James has bought a nine nine one. Yeah, James? you know, it, <laughs> <laughs> what was I doing? Um, what was I thinking? And funnily enough, I'm still in touch with the guy who bought my nine nine seven. And he sends me pictures of it every now and again. And I've said to him, if you're ever going to sell it, sell it back to me. Um, but the, the, Did he change ahead. anything? Sorry to interrupt. Did he actually change anything that you'd put on? Did he take any of the mods off or did he leave everything on? He left everything on apart from the wheels. Just recently, he uh, put on some HREs, I think, and uh, took off the lobsters. And oh, really? I, I have to admit, as, as much as I like those lobsters, the, the, the wheels he put on there are spectacular. They really transform the car. Right, right. I'll try and find a photo. I think you sent me a photo recently, and I okay. sob into my pillow at night. <laughs> <laughs> so nine nine one point one Carrera twenty thirteen yeah. is it? Twenty thirteen model is that right? It's a twenty thirteen. Yeah, it's. Um, I think it actually might hold the record in North America for the highest mileage on a nine nine one. Yeah, it's now got one hundred and one thousand miles. Um, somebody did a poll on the nine nine one enthusiast Facebook group a couple of weeks ago, and. Dozens and dozens of people have been saying, you know, I've got 30K, 40K, 30K, 20K. Some guy's got 3,000 miles and it's a 2013. I mean, that's criminal. And there I am with over 100,000 miles and uh, no one's beaten it yet. So I'm going to unofficially claim that record until somebody responds. So when you bought it, it had how many miles on it, James? Uh, About 92. 92. And that didn't deter you from from buying it? You didn't have a problem with it being a high mileage car? It didn't impact your decision? No, um, mileage doesn't really bother me too much when we think about a, a, a quality sports car like a 911. I, I've got a couple of friends that have got 996s with, you know, the dreaded IMS issues and all of that um, palaver with over 400,000 miles on, 350,000 right. miles, 300,000 yeah. miles. I, I think if you really care loads <clears throat> about the resale value, yes, you should worry about mileage. If you're If you're buying at the very top end of your budget and... You know, you're sort of breaking the bank to buy the car, and you're not factoring in the amount of money you need to spend on maintenance every year. Sure, get a low mileage car because it's less that's going to go wrong, and your your maintenance costs are going to be a little less. But that that really didn't put me off at all. I got a pre-purchase inspection, and I test drove it myself in California before I I picked it up. I didn't drive it home this time, um, but uh, it it had everything I wanted. And the more I look at the 991 market, there are so many people that buy what I call the Bobby basic Carrera. Yeah. They go for the standard black interior. They go for yes. the, the, the cheaper, crappier looking steering wheel. You know, you name it, they sort of cheap out just so they can get the, the newer generation. And maybe they're lease cars. I don't know what they are, but yeah. the, the, the one that I bought, it had the GTS steering wheel. It had Sports Plus. It had Sports Chrono. It had the ventilated seats. I mean, that's something these days I don't want to live without. <laughs> yeah, so basically that, that car had... They're all the great options, right? The only option that yeah. was missing was the sports exhaust. But then the Porsche sports exhaust, as good as it is, you can do an aftermarket and you can fix it up. But exactly. the Sport Plus button that you have and, and the wheel and everything, that's that's the most important to me. That's sort of options you... I don't say walk away from a car if it doesn't have the right options, but when it comes to that mm-hmm. steering wheel, how yours is specced and, you know, the button and, and all that, I think, you know, you have to, you have to have... Um, what am I trying to say? I don't even know what I'm trying to say, James. You have to... Uh, the right collection of options that yeah, are going to break the bank to fix. Yeah, ex- yeah, basically, basically. 
Because it's hard for people. I mean, people listen to our podcast and watch our YouTube channel and, and they haven't bought a 911. So everyone's looking for insight into what they should buy. You know, should I hang out? Should I hold out and get a low mileage, fully optioned 911? Or should yeah. I get something that's high mileage that has maybe three of the four or five options that I want? Um, yeah. and, and look at our friend Nick Murray that bought his 993 Cabriolet. I mean, that's hilarious yeah. because yeah. everything he wanted, the car doesn't have, except it that's being right. a 993 and a manual. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. you know, we all compromise, but how much do you want to compromise, I guess? Um, That's right. And I feel like my 991 was the first time I made a relatively informed decision about my 911 purchase, even though it was still... It, I wouldn't say it was an impulse purchase this time. The 996 was, the 997 was an impulse trade. I traded it in. My 996 for the 7 just drove away the same day with a different car. Um, it was a local dealership, sort of, well, local, five-hour drive away in Chicago. Um, but the 991 I researched to death, and the only option I didn't get that I wanted was the Porsche Sports exhaust, but I knew I was going to modify the exhaust anyway, so it really didn't bother me. And I can't, you know, 996, 997, I can't say enough good things about the Fista mufflers. Um, for the 991, there was only going to be one option for me, and that was the sole performance valve exhaust. Because I've I've heard it on several other 991s, and it is just, it's electric. It's it's the favorite. It's the thing I love the most about my 991, short of the PDK. Okay, see, I'm not convinced about the sole performance exhaust. Um, okay, and I, I I might have said this in a previous podcast that I did here. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not completely convinced. I think it sounds good, but I, I I don't know when you did that comparison with the GT3 or whatever it was. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's just the GT3 engine. I just thought that the the Porsche sports exhaust sounded better. I think you have to drive the car. So I've had a lot of people have commented along the similar lines for that GT3 comparison video I did. And admittedly, just listening to the car on the video... I think in many respects, the GT3 sounds more like a Porsche, more like the Flax 6 engine, and it's it's more sort of classically Porsche. But yes. the driving experience <clears throat> with my sole performance exhaust with the PDK transmission in sports mode compared to the GT3 was very different. Every time you change gear in the GT3, you feel the power and you're pushed into your seat but you don't really get much responsiveness. You don't really get a lot of feedback from the exhaust. Right. You, hear the, you hear it get louder, but you don't really get much interaction with it. With the sole performance exhaust, and of course some of this is just purely to do with the exhaust itself and not the engine, when I go from gear to gear and I'm accelerating, I get this sort of rip, rip, crack, crack, and it sort of makes my heart jump out of my chest. It okay. completely transforms my car. I, so I just can't get enough of it. It's not too loud inside the cabin? You don't find no. it? It doesn't drone? It doesn't do anything like that? It's not over overbearing? The first generation of the sole performance valve exhaust, um, there were a few people that thought that it did have a little bit of a drone. Um, last year, they came out with a second iteration of the same product, and they spent a lot of time perfecting um, the drone tubes, the anti-resonators, I think they're called, or the, right, right. the resonance tubes. Um, there is zero drone. Even okay. when I'm sports plusing and I'm flooring it, and I now have the headers from Soul Performance. I'm in the middle of trying to make that comparison video, pre-headers right. and post-headers. No drone. Even even uh, driving around high speed on the on the highway. Okay. I drove a well, GT3 RS the other day. Yeah, uh, wow. My friend AJ, who runs uh, Eurocharged, I installed a, a CarPlay item, uh, you know, CarPlay device for him and a backup cam into the GT3 RS he bought uh, about a couple of months ago. 
I drove that home to where I live, just south of the cities, to pick up a tool I forgot. Going home and coming back, I had about 40 minutes in the GT3 RS. I couldn't wait to get out of it by the time I got to the end. It was giving me a headache. It was droning. Oh my goodness, yeah. The suspension, the noise, everything. The noise. Primarily the noise. The noise. It was just too loud. Way right. too loud. Wow. And Soul Performance, they've got history with uh, other brands, haven't they? What's their background? Are they FabSpeed or were they ex-FabSpeed or ex... There are one or two guys, I think, um, in the company that are ex-FabSpeed. If it's anything like the industry I work in, it's the exhaust industry is probably a very small place. And I imagine people, you know, move around company to company, job to job. Yeah. Yeah. but it's it, it's not like a whole bunch of people left Fabspeed and set up Soul. I think there were just a couple of people there that, that have history. But experienced Fabspeed. experienced people, experienced exhaust type Correct. people. Yeah. yeah. Okay. What's next? Okay. Um, what's happening now? Let's talk about let's talk about this this crazy passion of yours. Let's talk about what you've been doing. So the nine nine one, you've you've done a lot of uh, a lot of mods to that. It seems like you're always adding something. I don't know how you keep finding things to add but you seem to always find something to add <laughs> there's always a new video of you adding something to your uh, car I, um, I don't know what your wife thinks about all of this but i'm sure it's it's very amusing to her um she, she's, she's got she's got a motto which has made it onto an auto amateur t-shirt which oh that's is, right it's better than hookers and blow true 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 um so tell the listeners, just in case they don't know, tell people about uh, your 991 and what you've actually, the key, I guess the key things, James, what you've done, what, what you've done to it so far. Uh, and I know you're going to change some of these things and I want to talk about that as well. But um, yeah. I guess the major things you've done. Well, one of my guiding principles when I bought the, uh, the 997 and did the mods uh, has sort of um, transcended across into the 991, which is, short of things like the exhaust i want to keep it sort of true to the brand so um where i put in the aftermarket head unit into my 997 which i just hated almost from day one um i've kept the stock pcm i have porsche wheels i have porsche parts um so the only thing i've broken that guiding principle on is the exhaust but um i really haven't done too much to it i've done a lot of maintenance so i've done the brakes i've done the air filters i've done oil changes um, i've flushed the brake fluid um, I've replaced the battery. I put a, a slightly different uh, lower lip front spoiler on the bumper from Suncoast Parts, but that's Porsche OEM. It's the slightly sportier lip, um, which changes the front of the fascia without going full aero kit. So I, I quite like that minor mod. Right. But the, the biggest thing I've done, though, uh, you know, the, the exhaust, of course, um, it's been the wrap. The blue, the Miami blue, Mexico blue wrap. Yeah, so that's been six months or so, right? Since you put that wrap on, roundabout. That's right. Yeah, it went on in February, and uh, I think if I wasn't sort of so preoccupied with a few other things, it would have come off <laughs> by now. Yeah, I think that's my mindset about wraps. I think I like the idea of them, but I think if I put one on, I think I'd last about six weeks. I think I'd last a lot less than you. I think I'd have to, um, I'd have to take it off. Yeah. Um, I actually, I actually, you know, when you watch your, when you watch James's video on, um, on his channel on Auto Amateur on YouTube, um, when you watch that video where you first pick up your 991, um, mm-hmm. it really is a great color. You know, yeah. I still think that's one of the best 991.1 colors. That that gray, I don't know the true name for it. What what's the name of that color? Um, it's the A gates or the R gates gray. Oh, it's Argo gray. It's a yeah. great color, James, and you see it. Mm-hmm. And I think my problem with wraps in general is they don't have any reflection. They don't yeah. have any depth. 
and you know you don't you don't actually get to see the curves of of the 911 those iconic curves that we all love you you miss some of it when there's a wrap on it and yeah. even if i know the trend at the moment is people are putting you know matte ppf wraps on there to make their car look matte you know yes. protects it yeah. and they put the matte I don't know. I think it looks a bit cheesy. And I think, once again, if you don't have the reflection, you don't have those lines, um, it just doesn't look right. And yeah. I can understand that you would want to, um, you would want to remove it. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm sort of – I'm in two minds about it. Um, I think at the time of putting the wrap on, I had sort of reached the natural end of the changes I wanted to make to the 991. I had the exhaust on, the valve exhaust. I had the PSE button um, I've made, uh, I changed the, the color of the clock face. You know, I'd done a few things like that. Um, and at the time I was thinking seriously about um, either going back to a 997 or um, switching up to a different 991, maybe like a GTS, um, maybe a second generation 991 with a turbocharged engine. And I think the wrap uh, was, I think the wrap was a good excuse to just shake it up and change things up. Um, having owned a seal gray 911, a black 911, and then a gray 911, I figured I, I want something different. Blue is a great color in a 911. You know, it's it was a good. I thought it was a great color choice. I mean, it is a great color. That Mexico blue, Miami blue, um, yeah. Riviera. I think Riviera blue is my favorite. I know one's a little bit darker than the others. I'm not sure which one's darker, Mexico or Riviera, but they're all they're all great blues. And I remember when the GT3 yeah. came out, the GT3 991.2, and people were getting their PTS colors. And you'd see them on Instagram, and some of those blues just looked, you know, fantastic. More, not so much the Miami, the other two colors, the PTS colors, um, yeah. Riviera and um, Mexico, which were great colors. Yeah. Um, how is the wrap though? How does it actually hold up though? Is there a lot of nicks and chips in it? Does it actually hold up okay, or not so much? Um, generally speaking, it's held up really well. So I, I have maybe one or two rock chips, um, one or two little nips here and there, which you can't really see. The problem I've found is uh, around the edges where the, the wrap finishes and the body starts, it started to peel back in a couple of places. I mean, high-touch areas like the, the driver's door handle, right? that's going to need to be redone. Um, I had a rock chip in the front of the... Uh, by the by, one of the air vents on the passenger side of the front of the car, right. which with um, wind and rain, etc., is now expanded into a big bubble. So that... The whole front bumper is going to need to be redone. And the the place I got the job done, um, Print Lab Wraps in uh, southern Minneapolis, Lakeville area, I think it is, um, you know, they stand by their work. And anytime you have any problem, whether it's a nick or a chip, or you, you think the color's fading, what have you, they'll fix it for you for free. No problem. It's not like I need to, you know, dump a load of money back in to bring it, bring it back up to what it was. But every time you do that, it's an hour to get there. You, you know, they're going to have the car for a couple of days. I think I've been in once to have it touched up. It needs to go in for another couple of days to be touched up again. I just don't want to be without the car for a few days every couple of months. So what's the decision, though? Are you going to take it off? I am going to take it off. It's just a question of when. I think I'm probably going to wait to the, for, the, for the, uh, the first snowfall to hit here in the Twin Cities, which is probably going to be around end of November, Thanksgiving right. time. Um, but that's going to be an interesting video. I'm going to time delay it. That, That's going to actually, take a while to take that wrap off though, right? Because it was put on very well, wasn't it? it was Everything it was, was fully covered. You was. open the doors, it's blue. It's not gray, right? So yeah. it's, it's yeah. fully, it's done properly. Oh yes. Yeah. Very, very professional job. Um, but I think it's going to be really satisfying 
you know, it's like pulling off the band-aid and you're seeing it peel back and then you get that snap. I Honestly, think it'd be like having I'm a new car it. again. It'd be like having a new 911. You'll realize how much you love that color, the agate gray, when you, um, yeah. when you take it off. I think so. So, the, so the, you know, I'm at a crossroads again. Do I take the wrap off and, you know, scrub it up and get it polished and paint corrected and sell it? Um, or do I go for a second wave of mods? And I'm leaning towards a second wave of mods. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Look, you, you get lonely here in the Twin Cities during the winter. There's not a lot to do. You've got your new room downstairs that you've been renovating. You can sit down there now. You don't have to do you know mods every day. That's you can true, just sit but... down and relax. <laughs> no, I'm um, a fidgeter. Before we before we go off the 991, uh, which is your current car, one of your current cars, because you actually have two cars, um, which yeah. some people know, some people won't know about, but we'll get to that in a second. But on the 991, I think um, uh, James has a uh, website called orderamateur.com. And James has, uh, I think, a couple of things on there which are really popular with uh, 991 owners, right? It's the Joy Auto, uh, the Joy Auto um, CarPlay which you are yep. an official installer of, apparently, in the US. <laughs> <laughs> Officially unofficial, yeah. Uh, Joy Auto and, and uh, your dials, right? Your dials for the Chrono, for the That's Sport right. Chrono. Sports Chrono dials, yeah. So the Sport Chrono dials come in how many colors? Lots of colors, right? We've got about a dozen colors, yeah. I've, uh, I've tried to paint match as many as possible uh, with Porsche OEM colors. Okay. So, you know, all of the ones you'd expect, like Guards Red, Carmine Red, Speed Yellow, etc., um, to the sort of more exotic Lizard Greens and Lava Orange. Right, um, right. Yeah, well, I, was talking, uh, I was talking in a podcast that I recorded early today with Steve um, about the PCM in the 997. Um, and I mentioned about how you do the 991. And I think it's lucky for people that own a 991 because the screen is actually okay. It's, it's yeah. got Bluetooth. It's actually... Quite, it's a lot more modern, as we know, than the 997. Yeah. Uh, and the fact that you have that sort of mod that you can just add on, and then all of a sudden you have CarPlay. Do you have Android Auto as well, or is it just CarPlay? It, um, so the Joy Auto unit gives you wireless CarPlay, and it gives you wired Android Mirror. So you can make it work with Android, but it has to be connected via a USB cable through the glove box. Okay. But that's a great, that's a great option for 991 owners, isn't it? That, um, oh, yeah. that mod. And not that expensive yeah. either, quite cheap. That's right. You pick them up for, um, you know, around 350, 400 bucks, depending on which model you have, whether you've got PCM 3.1 or PCM 4.0, um, whether it's, and, and they work for 911s, Caymans, Boxsters, McCann's, Cayennes, yeah. Okay, fantastic. Um, so, 991, <laughs> and then you go out with uh, three mates, two mates, the three of yep. you, and you find this 996, which... I read your comments in the, when you bought it. People thought it was a bit dirty. It was a bit rough. Yeah, um, it was. <laughs> what made you decide on that car? So uh, tell everyone about that car. I mean, it's a 2002, is it, or 2003? It's a... Oh, good question. I forget now. It's, it's a second generation 996. I think it's a 2002. Yeah, it's got the white headlights, right? It doesn't have the amber proper fried eggs. It's got the slightly That's newer right. headlights. So it's a point two nine nine six. It is a point two nine nine six, yeah, which um, was two thousand and two and later, I think, if I remember correctly. So you um, bought, so you bought this car, and you've been doing videos on your channel about it, uh, Project Nine Nine Six, for the people that right. haven't seen it. Uh, there's a lot of videos about that car and, and things James has done. Uh, there's a couple of things that I really like, um, 
And we haven't seen it yet because it's not finished. It's, and I know other people have actually said this to me. They said, what's happening with James and his Project 996? What's the color? Where is it? Why hasn't there been any videos about it? And I know you did an update on your channel, but what's happening with the uh, 996, James? Well, uh, it's, it's getting painted right now. And uh, we, we had a couple of hiccups uh, just with, you know, silly season. It's the summer. And here in the Twin Cities, it gets awfully humid, which also can slow down body shops work because you're painting cars in extremely humid weather. You don't always get the best results. So uh, the shop we chose, um, Otto's uh, Body Shop in Bloomington, just south of the uh, just south of Minneapolis. Great shop. They specialize in a lot of different brands, um, particularly European cars. Um, they're really busy. Uh, we, uh, we're in the humid season. And it's been taking a while to try and uh, lock down the exact shade of blue that we wanted to do the car. Yeah. So when you when you announced it was barley blue, barley yeah. blue, barley blue, I actually yeah. looked up the original colors, you know, the original air-cooled colors, because it's one of the old 356, 911, 65 colors, right? It's an original, original right. color. And I know yeah. from, from my 912 um, searching and my 912 obsession at the moment, um, that those colors, when you paint them and people get the car repainted, like the sand beige and the old 911s and 912s, is they can't really match the color of the paints because of the, 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 um, the paints made in that era are completely different to the paints made now. And so the colors never really match up properly. Like the tangerine never really matches the proper tangerine of the original 60s cars. Um, right. Is that the problem you had with the Bali Blue? That's right. Yeah, exactly. So the, the body shop couldn't get a formula from Porsche that would, that would translate into the modern paint codes that they have today. Um, so the, you got a couple of choices. You either print off uh, you know, a close uh, approximation from a photo, um, or you find a, an original paint sample, you know, hard copy off a car or, or an actual car, and they try their best to match it. It's never going to be perfect, but they get really close. So Unfortunately, we don't have any barley blue cars that we found in the Twin City areas uh, that we can paint match from. And uh, we tried our best from several different um, high resolution photos. But uh, to me, the color that we got from the first uh, paint sample had uh, a bit of a purple flare to it. And uh, as much as I quite like the purple color, and now I've adopted the Minnesota Vikings as my NFL team, I've got right. to like, <laughs> I've got to like purple. I didn't want a purple 996, and I didn't want people to be constantly asking me what color it was because I've, I've, people have said it looks navy, it looks black, it looks purple. I, it, that just sounds like a nightmare to me. So yeah, we, I thought it, I thought we, it looked we black. It looked drawing. darker blue, didn't it? In the images on Instagram when you posted them, to me it looked like a dark blue. It's very hard yes. to pick it up on that sample though. So. Yeah, and you see it in natural light, and uh, it's uh, it's got like a metallic sparkle to it, and that's where it starts to look a bit uh, purple, at least I thought. So um, we've gone back to the drawing board. So did you pick sepia brown as the color? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> did you pick tangerine as the color? Nope. There you go. I, I'll, I'll tell you, though. Would you like to know? If if you want to if you want to tell everyone, yeah, I mean, I'm I, guessing I, there's going to be people who watch your channel listening to this podcast. Um, do you want to announce it? I do. I, yeah, I hope so. In fact, I, I sort of teased on my podcast that I dropped just a couple of days ago that uh, I listened I to gonna, it. Yeah, I was going to wait until today to tell people. Um, I thought so that was a trick. I thought that was a trick, James. I thought you just say that and then we just don't announce it. <laughs> then everyone <laughs> listens to the podcast anyway. 
<laughs> we wouldn't do that. We wouldn't do I, that. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a nice straight shooting guy. Like <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> so we have settled on a color. Um, so the three partners, uh, myself, Patrick, and Steve, Steve has basically washed his hands of us for the time being because he wanted it, really wanted to get it done by Labor Day. Um, he works in education, and so he's gone back to, to work full-time now his summer's over. Okay. Um, so he's like, guys, just get on with it. <laughs> so the, 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 the color choice has really come down to Patrick and myself, and we are both big fans of blue, even though I'm a Liverpool supporter and that's heresy because blue means Everton and yes. Liverpool play in red. Red, um, yeah. But I, I've always been a big fan of blue. So it's a shade of blue. It's not a Porsche OEM color, but it's very close to one of the 996 and 997 blue variants, uh, which is like an aqua color. So it's uh, aqua blue metallic, or what's that color that they did? Not sapphire blue, because there was sapphire blue, and before that there was another blue, which was similar to sapphire blue. And then there was, um, I forget, is it aqua blue metallic? Is that what they call it? It's very similar to aqua blue metallic, but it's... um, it's 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 unique we wanted a unique color so it's it's close to that color um i will flash up in my my next video that's going to be released after this podcast goes live i've got like a half second flash of the paint itself so people can see but we um we're calling the paint color shark skin blue shark skin blue so it's a brighter it's actually a brighter blue so it's based on those original brighter blues sort of that's right uh, colors. I know the color you mean. I think I know the color you mean. That sounds good. I think it's better, actually. I mean, we haven't actually explained to people who don't know about the 996. So the 996 was a it was a silver a silver originally, right? And and the that's body, right. the paintwork was a bit rough. It needed to be, and that's why you're having it resprayed. Which I still don't understand how you can afford to do that because a respray is very expensive. But <laughs> unless it's cheaper well, in Min- <laughs> unless it's cheaper in Minnesota. Um, but a respray uh, is is an expensive process, and a I'm guessing a very stressful process too, uh, until it's done. You know, at Costco you can get great deals on spray paint in the cans. So really? you know, we just we just bought a load of them and shake it up, spray it on. You just what do, do what Mag- you just do what Magnus Walker does, where he just paints a 914 himself in his own house paint or whatever he does, spray paint, because it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter if it looks like house paint. Yeah, exactly. He's Magnus Walker. He can do whatever he wants. Yeah, when I was a kid, when I lived in the country, people used to paint cars with house paint. It was great. You could see them painting these old cars. They thought it was very funny. <laughs> really? hmm. that's, a, that's Australian country for you, James. Oh, um, you Australians. But I think what's nice about the 996 is you got the... Now, the wheels you got, the, uh, the Fuchs wheels, are they original Fuchs or are they... Um, where did those no, wheels, wheels come from? Did you buy them new? Bought them brand new from a, uh, a specialist... Um, uh, wheel store in California and uh, I forget the brand I'll have to send you the detail of the brand afterwards but yes they are um, they are replicas essentially or at least they are inspired yeah because the Fuchs ones are very expensive aren't they the original Fuchs are, are crazy yeah, prices we paid, I, think. I think it worked out to be I don't know 500 bucks a rim something like that which okay that's not a, bad a 996 rim that and they look fantastic. They really look great on the car. They really do. I think your calipers and your wheels are a, a really com- good combination. And I guess it's important to get the color of the body right so it works well with those calipers and with the with the wheels, right? Exactly. Yeah. The, the one thing that I hesitate on is, is whether the wheels will work. Um, I think the blue and the orange are going to go really well together. Um, the blue and the orange and the black, I think, will work together. But we'll see. So the... Um, 
Interiors of 996s when they're like 16, 17 years old are a bit rough usually. Um, yeah. The center plastic console is probably worse than the 997. Um, people who haven't really treated that well, there's lots of scratches. So are you intending on doing anything to the interior of the car? We are, yeah. I mean, minimally, um, we need to repair um, one of the bolsters on one of the chairs, uh, which has uh, worn through a little bit. The leather is worn through. Generally, the condition of the interior is actually pretty good. Right. For a car that had as much exterior damage um, as, as this one did. And and that was primarily hail damage as opposed to like major problems with the paint. Okay. Um, it's 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 pretty nice. I mean, it's just a basic black interior um, with leather seats and a few le- leather trim areas here. But we, it's the carpet really that we want to change the most. Okay. Original carpet or are you going to do something different? We're going to do something different. And it's partly because um, I, I really just dislike the carpet trim they put in the 996s and the 997s for that matter. It's like 70s shag pile disaster mm-hmm. carpet. I really don't like that. The carpet that um, Carbone does from Poland, um, the stuff that they do for the air-cooled, I don't think they do it for water-cooled, but those carpets and the, and the mats that they do at that, at that, that store um, yeah. are very, very nice. They're very, very nice. Uh, uh, I never okay. know. If, I don't know if they're doing for 997. I mean, he may if you asked him, but they're very... I th- they do the mats, but I don't know if they do the full um, the full okay. carpet. Um, but I would look at those. And he has also the very good shifter as well. I mean, you can get it from other people. Uh, Steve mm-hmm. bought one of those carbon shifters. It's a very, very nice shifter. Um, okay. And you can also get that shifter, Steve just found, on carbon. They only have it with the brushed metal rod. Um, and it just fits yep. into the 996-997. He also does it in a matte, in a black finished rod as well. Um, okay. Which is not from carbon, which is direct from the um, guy that makes it. Um, who's got a website. I could send you the link if you wanted that. But that's a very nice thing to do. So you're not doing Pepita inserts? You're not changing the interior? You're not going to do anything like that? We we had sort of picked out a couple of fabrics that we were going to work with to um, change the the door panels. So we were going to replace the carpet on the lower bottom, you know, the bottoms of the doors with a potentially like a hound's tooth kind of finish. Um, And we were maybe going to change out the center of the seats, you know, like a lot of people have been doing recently with certainly with 997s. Um, But I think we're going to wait until we see what it looks like with the paint and the calipers and the wheels together, because right now we've got like a a, just a plain black interior, which might actually work to our benefit considering the colors that are going on outside. With a brighter color. Yeah. Yeah. True. Yeah. And you're going to get rid of it pretty quickly, are you? You're not going to keep it for a long time after it's finished? Uh, I, I don't think we've thought that far forward to be honest we're not in a rush to sell it and we're not you know expecting to make a ton of money from it but um i know that uh we're certainly going to want to do some driving we're going to try and track it i think um so hopefully if we can get it back before the snow comes we'll get to take it to uh, the local racetrack we'll make some driving videos um but you know give it a few months or maybe six months i think it, i think we'll it'll go so I'm, I'm guessing that that your regular viewers on your youtube channel and people who are just discovering you now um, they're probably going to be interested in the cost of this project, on how yes. much it costs you, what you pay for the car, um, yeah. all up total. And and are you going to do a video about that? Is that something that's going to come up? It is, yeah. We wanted to wait until we actually finish the car so we know the sort of true total all-in cost. Um, and we'll be very transparent when we sell it, you know, um, and not sort of, you know, try and hide how much money we make or lose if the, the sale price is more or less than what we're asking for. But we we will talk about that in a future video, yeah. Are you going to try and sell it on Pika Market or bring a trailer or are you just going to sell it in a different way? Um, again, I haven't thought that far forward. Um, I've heard a lot of good things about bring a trailer. 
Um, I was thinking about maybe doing a live YouTube auction and trying to do something completely different and auction yeah. it off myself. I, I, don't, I don't know. But uh, what's pretty cool is uh, before before we even sort of previewed and talked about the concepts of what the car was going to look like, I had a couple of people in the US that have contacted me saying, you know, if it's within this price range, we want it. You know, I'll buy it from you straight away. Just That's let great. Me know when it's ready. Fantastic. Um, and then since previewing and actually showing the car for real and working on it, I've had another couple of people. So there are about half a dozen people interested in it already before seeing the finished product. Um, so I think we'll figure out what's the best way to sell it. But th- I did get quite a few people after my 997, um, not not dis- well, not angry, but certainly disappointed that I didn't tell or give anybody the opportunity to buy my 997. I just sold oh, it. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and it, the, the person who ultimately bought it was one of my viewers who tracked down the person I sold it to, made an offer, bought it, and got it. But I guess you don't think about that. I wouldn't think about that a viewer would want to buy your car. You know what I mean? I, I probably would do yeah. the same as you. I would just sell it privately or sell I wouldn't actually announce it, I don't think. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's probably what I do with my 991 and certainly what I did with that's, my 997. Um, that's YouTube fame, see? You forget <laughs> You forget how long it's been. You forget how long it's been. All right. So you were talking about, James, just one other, I know you've got to go soon and, and we're almost at an hour, but um, sure. so you said you want to do some drives in the 996. Um, yes. Have, I guess in COVID is, has canned all your drives. You had a drive planned this year, didn't you? Weren't you going to go somewhere in the summer? That's obviously been canned. Yeah. The Rensport Dragon Rally in yeah. uh, North Carolina, Tennessee, sort of in the, that was right when the pandemic kind of kicked off uh, March, April time. No, it was June. Sorry, but uh, yeah, that, that got canned. Um, I think the reason we canceled that actually was just because of so many people were planning to go and we were, you know, 20 guys sharing a cabin didn't feel like a sensible move. Um, I'm actually planning a trip to uh, either the East Coast and I'm going to go and um, basically invade Nick Murray's home and kick his door down and make a video with him. Oh, really? Uh, Fantastic. If I can get, if I can get to Connecticut. Um, but I, I want to do a Four Colors tour. So I'm either going to try and do the East Coast uh, or I'm going to head over to the Badlands and into South Dakota to see um, the sort of the, the Black Hills and, and Mount Rushmore, um, get the drone up. And this is in the 991? This is in the 991, right? If the, ni- the, if the 996 is ready and I can spend 20 hours driving a manual 996. <laughs> so will you, um, take the, will you take the boys with you? The, uh, the boys as in the boys of Project 996 with you? Or were they... If- if, if they can make it, yeah, but I, I'm, I'm guessing it'll just be myself. Because that'd I'll be some great videos. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd like to do something like that. Um, so we'll see, but I, I am planning a road trip at least by myself in the 991 at a minimum um, to do some drone work and get a, a nice sort of full tours video. That's, um, that's nice of Nick Murray to open up his house to you. Let you stay. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think what that means is he'll meet me in a parking lot <laughs> With, with witnesses <laughs> yeah see see you later <laughs> all right um what else james anything else you'd um like to talk about before we go yeah i, I want to know about you michael i Me? want to know when yeah come on you're, you're you're in london you're in bahrain you've got a 997 in australia we the michael bath fans want <laughs> to know when the next 911 is going to show up and and i am placing a bet that it's going to be a mccann or it's going to be another 997 and it's going to be in Bahrain. So, come on, spill the beans. The thing, the thing is, though, honestly, um, James, is the thing with Bahrain is I did intend, I, I changed my mind and then I changed my mind again that I would get one in Bahrain. Um, but because of the current situation, I don't know how long we're going to be there for. 
So that's mm-hmm. why I'm hesitating with the Bahrain thing. Um, yeah. It's hell not, hell not having a car there, not having a 911. Uh, it really yeah. is. Um, and I know I get a bit of flack at the moment because people say you don't put any more videos up. But it's, it's hard, as you know, it's hard to make a, a, a video about your Porsche if you don't have your Porsche with you. So yeah. it's a little bit difficult. Um, yeah. And I'd love to make more of that content. Um, I've been invited on a drive next year through uh, Europe with uh, Nick from the UK and his friends, uh, which is okay. tempting. I kind of toss up the idea of buying a, a left-hand drive 911 and, and storing it. This is another crazy story, crazy idea. And storing it in London in some storage place for, I don't know, $250 a month or whatever, because there's no parking in our building here um, that, we, that we can use. And then, then traveling through Europe and using it for drives in Europe. So get a left-hand drive so it works and then yeah. travel through Europe. So I, I like the idea of that. People are not very familiar about the Middle East, but the Middle East, um, especially in, uh, around, uh, outside of Muscat in Oman, uh, all the mountains and all the roads, they have fantastic roads and fantastic scenery and great driving roads. Uh, oh. And that would be, and it'd be a great country. And the Omanis are very lovely people. And uh, Oman would be a great country to get a 911, uh, normal 911 or whatever, and do a, uh, do a drive through, um, through that country. It would be fantastic. Um, yeah. So that's something that's always in my head. But about a 911, I was talking about this on the podcast today with Steve. I do want to get an air-cooled. I do still like an idea of an air-cooled. And if yeah. I still kept the 997, I would like, I'd still like the idea of a 912, even though they're very slow. I yeah. like the experience of it. And if you can get a good one, and I, yeah. you know, I'm obsessed with looking at them on Bring a Trailer and PCAR Market and everything like that. <laughs> Crazy. Um, but then, you know, I think if, if I had to sell the 997 and just say I sell the 997, which I don't really want to, but I, I think about it, uh, would I get an air cooled? You know what I mean? And just have an air cooled for a while, enjoy the air cooled yeah. experience like a 964 or 993. But they're a lot smaller. Yeah, um, yeah, they're a lot smaller. Nine six four probably smaller than nine nine three. So, but nothing, nothing set in stone. Nothing really decided upon. Like I said, if if okay. Bahrain was more stable, I would definitely, um, I would definitely get a nine eleven there. Okay. Um, okay, and they're not that expensive. They're not that expensive. Yeah. They're like U.S. prices. They're not Australian yeah. prices. Yeah. So, except well, there's a um, lot of except there's a lot of red with red interiors. Like I keep saying, it's always like double double red, yeah. which scares me. Well, you know, that's good for my Liverpool, uh, my team. True supporter. True supporter. (laughs) And my brother lives in South London and he has a a garage, which I think is unoccupied. Maybe you could strike a deal with with another Michael in South London. Anyway, I just like to, I like to, I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. Um, I think that's it. So Project 996, that's still going on on your channel. People can go to your channel. They can still see all those videos. There's plenty of videos there. Like I said, James has been doing this for the last over three years. I forget. I don't even know how many. How many videos do you have on your channel, James? 300? 200? Mm, You know what? I haven't counted, but it's definitely a couple of hundred. Yeah. So if you haven't been to Auto Auto Amateur on YouTube, check it out. Um, Also check out James's website, autoamateur.com. Lots of great t-shirts, parts for your 991 991, 997? No parts for 997, is there? Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I've yeah, neglected it's a, it's the 997. 991 <laughs> Brotherhood only on autoamateur.com. Um, but anyway, thank you, James. Thank you for being on today. Um, I really you. appreciate it. It was a good chat. You too, mate. Really good. Enjoyed it. All right. All right. Thanks, thanks for listening. Thanks, James. Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye for now. <laughs>